Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Okay, and we are live. Um, perfect. So uh, we have a very exciting episode. I'm super hyped um, because we're going to go into something we know and love, and that's just the general homebrew and rule of cool. But also, even more exciting, we're joined today by two members of the Real Play D&D podcast called The Portal Quandary. Um, care to introduce yourselves? Yeah, we got friends. Hi, I'm Olive. Hi, I'm Georgia. <laughs> Do we also introduce ourselves? I'm Mariah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Alejandra. Do you want to let us know a little bit about Portal Quandary before we get started? Absolutely, yes. We have a non-scripted bit that we've been working on all morning. <laughs> Uh, Portal Quandary is a D&D podcast about four people from Melbourne, Australia, who get ported to an elemental world inhabited by Fae. Um, they find themselves transformed into like traditional D&D races, um, and they have to travel this strange alien world to find their way back home. That's that's how we start. <laughs> Incredible, which I think lines up really quite perfectly with our topic today for like homebrew and rule of cool vibes. Um, yeah. Because I imagine a lot of homebrew goes into something like that. Oh, yes. So much. <laughs> All the time. Absolutely. And just in general, for anybody that might be listening that maybe is a little bit new um, and doesn't know what homebrew is, no, it's not, you know, like an IPA or anything <laughs> like that. Um, it's just generally <laughs> just like fan terminology for um, basically any game material that's made by the players or the GM, for example, specifically for the game. That's not any official like Wizards of the Coast or third party written stuff or any other TTRPG system that's like officially published. Um, a lot of the time you will run into like homebrewing um, in general just because, you know, shit happens and you have cool ideas and there's not really a mechanic already in the game for the concept that you're trying to play out. So you work with your GM and you you make it a reality in the game and figure out how to kind of balance it so it's not too broken or sometimes, you know, just give yourself something really broken and watch the world fall apart around you. <laughs> just sneak you. it in. Like, um, no, whatever, it's fine. This isn't a god power. It's fine. No, no, no. Yeah, I absolutely have this artifact on my level two. Like, if Kratos has it, so can I. <laughs> oh, 100%. There's nothing more entertaining than giving your players something and just watching them light up but knowing that in four sessions they're gonna hate you for allowing you to mm -hmm. <laughs> oh absolutely um i have i especially like for me i'm a i'm a generally like new dm i started this year um and when i first started i was very like i'm just gonna say yes to a lot of these ideas and we're gonna figure out if it's broken or not but like i re <laughs> i reserve the right <laughs> to revoke yeah <laughs> any yeses I've given, um, but I will not take it away and, and leave you with nothing. We will we'll find a way to make it work. Um, but I'm like, you know, I have no concept for what could be broken and what couldn't be broken. So if my players start bringing me all sorts of crazy uh, shenanigans, I'm like, you know, it sounds kind of dope. 
if, is it gonna am i gonna hate myself later for it we're gonna find out in the next you can episode. just add more boys to try to eat us <laughs> yeah just throw yeah. some truly casual terrasque it'll be fine <laughs> The way once our Strixhaven characters like level up <laughs> and Anya takes her oath at third, I'm have been plotting for armor and like a mace or some shit for her from her death god. I'm, like, give it to me, please. God help me. Like, I'll just I'll I'll make you a Pinterest board. God that's help. A, that's the thing with Ollie. It's like if I make a Pinterest board <laughs> of what something could be and I send it to you and you're like, I fuck with it heavy. It doesn't, who cares about the mechanics? It's aesthetic. Which honestly is kind of the same for me. I'm like, if, if yeah, it can just what what like look cool, that's great. Yeah. yeah, the rule of cool. That's all you need. Yeah. As um, long as I look cool, it works. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel like it derives from my tendency in video games to be like, I'm just going to wear the pretty armor. No, it is not <laughs> technically stats-wise the best at the moment. Yeah. But I can't not match. And I refuse to wear that hat <laughs> that gives me more defense yeah. because it looks goofy with this getup. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just how I live my life. Um, but I'd love to lo- know, especially like with Portal Quandary, like, do you have examples of like kind of homebrew stuff that you've dealt with, especially with something that's like bringing like air quotes, real life people into like the fantasy world, like how you've kind of worked that in and translated those characters over? Hmm. Um, I can think of a magical item that our GM had to create for one mm-hmm. of our characters. Um, no spoilers, but uh, she has a goat mm-hmm. farm that she loves, mm-hmm. uh, and she really wanted to see her goats again, which is not possible until we get back. Uh, so he had to make a specific magical <laughs> item because that's all she wanted <laughs> so that she camp. could see her goats. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's such a good example of just like, listen, you can homebrew something and give it to your player and it's not going to have any like untoward repercussions. Like, just let them see their goats. Yeah. <laughs> just it's actually just like goats. a creepy robotic goat that's just bebopping around the field with the goats and unnerving all of them. And they're like, what has befallen us? Oh, God. Oh, no. no. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of like checking the nanny cam and one of the goats is standing on two legs. Yeah. Like the not dear yeah, crypto, and you're like, no. <laughs> Maybe we can't be that world's not for us anymore. Maybe that's not our business. Leave that behind. Yeah, Don't I know. have no goats to come back to. They've grown a civilization. <laughs> They've taken over. <laughs> fully, fully. Um, Olive, do you have one? I've run a couple of games myself that have all been primarily homebrew. Mm. Um, played in a couple of... Uh, what do you call it? Your mainstream games. Yeah, like um like the pre written campaign. Yeah, campaign. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I found that whenever I have DM'd, it's always been a lot more fun to just allow friends and players to just have free reign of something creative that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Which has more often than not come back to bite me. <laughs> uh but it's always interesting to get something new. I, I had one player who wanted to basically be the fastest mouse that ever <laughs> existed. So we created a class from a speedster homebrew class that was online somewhere. And uh, by level six, he could move 500 feet 
and a ton. Oh, oh my, god. my god. That's like that that freaking tabaxi monk bullshit that you're like, yeah. I'm going to break the sound barrier That's with this so character. That's so much for little mouse legs. Yeah. Yeah. Feet. And at level three, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you don't insane. think it's going to be a problem, and then it stacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh but no, was, yeah. Just everything's suddenly really far apart. <laughs> yeah, but coming up with problems and, and encounters to kind of combat that, it can break for some characters, but also allow for a good challenge for that specific player. Mm. That's so fun to think about, and also like I feel like. Uh, those moments of like, yeah, I've given this player something and maybe it's a little bit bit game breaky. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like the general fear that is not instilled enough in players is like whatever you've convinced your DM to allow for you has now <laughs> been opened up for them. And yes. that can and will yeah. come bite you in the ass, uh, potentially. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, this mouse moves 500 feet. Have you ever watched like a fucking minotaur do that? Bad. Um, Bad thing crazy. <laughs> yeah. crazy. Crazy how you get bored at Mach 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, in general, like also like I feel like the rule of cool. Uh, it, it, th- there's always this weird balance between having rule of cool and also like being a rules lawyer and where where that kind of lies because obviously like you can't throw all the all the rules to the wind or else you just have chaos um and then it's hard mm-hmm. to even keep track of what you've allowed and what you what you can or can't do um but rule of cool i think definitely like plays a good for me it's very much like i'm a very big if it's good for the story i'm gonna give you a yeah. shot um, and mm-hmm. I take that like from watching like Brennan, for example, or Abria, who oh, yeah. have like respectively had those moments where they're like, fuck the rule. I'm the one in the chair driving um, <laughs> and I want this to happen. So they'll at the very least, like, I'll give you a DC. And if you roll above that, then like, fuck, it happens, you know? Yeah. Which I yeah. think adds like that. It it feels earned. And it's not just something that you've like mm. freely given for for no nonsense reason. It also kind of, in my mind, helps balance it because then it's like, okay, yes, this ridiculous fucking thing happened, or I allowed this thing to happen, um, but it was up to chance technically, and it could have not happened. And if someone else tries it next time, well, it's up to chance, and that standard has been placed. Yeah, yeah. and it's so important to remember that it is your game that you're playing and the people who wrote the rules of D&D weren't sitting at your table Mm. so they don't know what you're doing or how creative your characters are like I've played with some people who just think of the most out of the box crazy ideas it's like how would you even rule this with the tools that we've been given we have to play rule of cool because you've just done something so just out there that we don't know how to like deal with it yeah or you're using like an item or a spell for not its intended purpose i have a fun slightly disturbing thought experiment that i like to drop and hear people's opinion on (laughs) ollie i think you've already heard me say this but we're you might have a different opinion now that you've dm so obviously there is a spell called animate skeleton right or like something to that effect that's normally mm-hmm. no, I think but there's one dead. where you can like it's animate dead. That's what it is. Animate um, dead, yeah. So it's usually reserved for like little, little skeletons, little bone boys. However, there's a skeleton inside all of us. 
Don't so, go. <laughs> oh, God. You have I, asked it wasn't me Anime more. Dead. It was something else because I saw it on like Tumblr or somewhere. And I'm like, great, this lives in my brain forever now. Um, so other people get to know about it as well. So yeah. it's like, yeah, if there's a spell that could allow you to animate a skeleton, if the skeleton has a meat jacket mm-hmm. on, does it still count? <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, only if that meat suit is dead. Fair. <laughs> That's but you could true. have a weird world where the skeleton dies inside and the meat bag is fine, so you can just pop <laughs> That's it even them worse around. to think about. For if some they're reason. two different entities that are somehow yeah. merged together. Yeah, that's usually where we come down that's is like disgusting. the role of consciousness <laughs> and the fact of that like it gets very deep, very quickly, yeah. which is my shit. Where it's like, okay, well, no, they have yeah. some level of free will over what what the bones do. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fair. But the idea of it's fun <laughs> that you could animate just someone's skeleton. It's like casting heat metal on armor. It's like, it's just, it's kooky, but it is it is fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. saw one thing to to also piggyback off your thing. I saw another post like on something like Tumblr um, where it was the heat metal, but it was someone saying like, okay, they're having this interaction. And then I somehow it had come up that the NPC they were talking to had like fillings, oh. like metal fillings oh. in their teeth. And they're like, cool. Can I see them while he's Brutal. talking? Sick. <gasps> Boom. And the DM is just like, now I have to think of the ramifications of, like, heat metal in your mouth. And you can't drop it. You can't. No, it's there. You can't just let go. You feel it with you. Oh, God. And I was like, that's horrible. My teeth just cried thinking about that. (laughs) Rule of cool is also subjecting yourself to listening to the war crimes your table can come up with. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Depending on how much true crime your players have watched in their life. Um, really mm. depends. Because I've also heard one where it's like this a spell that lets you boil water, and someone's like, Well, humans are mostly water, and it's like, Hey, yo, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like an avatar with the blood bending. So, oh like, technically, God. there's water in your blood, yeah. yeah, it's like we're more, we like, we are in fact more water than not water. However, yeah, is that not yeah. like the forbidden water that's not for this use? <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden water. The forbidden water. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely well, hate yeah, it. Yeah, it gets really, you really just go down that rabbit hole very quickly. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think also, like, uh, one thing I, like, when I first started DMing, um, I was very anxious about it. And I was like, I'm going to go straight off the book because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm just going to purely rely on this, this holy text um, mm-hmm. to guide me. And so I, like, let all my players know, you know, like, don't expect much from me. I'm literally just following the book. And that's it. Said that with my whole chest. Yeah. Then, like, the weeks leading up to our campaign starting, I was like, hey, so it is now set in an entirely homebrew world where I've, like, dictated all this lore. That you had made previously. (laughs) You didn't make that world in a week. Like, you you had. Yeah. You had I had like an RP world that I had kind of fleshed out, and I was like, "What if I just like? I mean, the, the fucking university got to go somewhere, right? It can't just <laughs> be a university existing in the ether." And then that <laughs> took me down a rabbit hole where I was like, "Cool, my first campaign is just an almost entirely homebrew thing, where I've basically just taken the idea of a fantasy college from a book and thrown the rest out." <laughs> 
and like plop that yeah. down and now we're flying yeah. by the seat of my pants and then all the characters like yeah all the characters backstories are so interwoven and intense and now you and i mm. have fucked up because my characters found some kind of like weird i don't know some weapon of war that looks like an acid mosquito <laughs> robot thing that her dad made because he was an artificer that she shouldn't have found because you were high, like you're like oh you should like this doesn't apply until like y'all have graduated and we're freshmen um, and she found, but you did roll like a motherfucker in that I room. I did, so like, like going going yeah. through her house and OSRP, and then also apparently her dad like saying like you rolled dumb and something that shouldn't have happened. Like I was in the school library and I was just threw out into the ether. If I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see if I can find anything, any of my dad's like fuck shit in the library, and and I was like, there should not have been anything. But I rolled no. a nat 20 because, of course, I did. Oh. And so yeah. my dad has, like, stuck a journal in the library, just in the books, just stuffed in there. It's been there for God knows how long. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And now I'm actually, now it's become a problem because I'm now going to give it that information to, um, like, Ale had and Oak, one of our friends, they have a characters that are married. Um, all his characters named Marina, who's like an archfey and Oak works with the Watcher and is like an information broker. And I'm like, what if I give that weird information to him in exchange for other things? Oh my, no. Oh, fuck. Did I not tell you I was planning to do that? Oh, sorry. No. I'm fighting oh, out right now. Tell Oak that I'm going to give him and character that and he'll be like, give get, it to me. Get back to me in three to five business days because now I have to go to my fucking conspiracy <laughs> like the map wa- and The Watcher out. needs his <laughs> noms. Give it to him. No. Oh, no. He doesn't God, have to do anything with it. Uh, I think that also like falls with that rule of cool of like, yeah, that should not have been of a situation where what you were asking me would be there. Um, but I literally had the moment of I was like, well, if she gets an at 20. I guess I'll give it to her. And then you did. And I was like, I do have to honor this because I'm a big believer mm. of like, I will honor and reward those nat 20s. And they should be just as important yeah. as yeah. like nat ones. Uh, yeah. So yeah. like, even if it's going a little bit against my personal plot line of like what I've timed out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Fuck I'm her. like, well, <laughs> like, well, we here. They did roll really good. <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, listen, it's my job to adapt and overcome. Yeah, that that role in particular, I was like slightly embarrassed about because I have a reputation for being someone who will just hustle to my dying breath. Just like I'm a public defender and I will throw out weird shit because I'm like, the worst you're going to hear is no. Um, and so it was I said something half brained and I'm like, yeah, this is probably not going to go anywhere because as soon as it left my mouth, I'm like, this is a ridiculous thing to ask. And then I rolled an at 20 and I'm like, oh, no, now I put both of us in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> the consequences of my own actions yeah i just had a similar experience i was in a homebrew campaign a few years ago now and i think it was like the second session that i joined in on this six-month campaign i think they were in and we were just going along these ridges and there were warnings of dragons and wyverns and a wyvern came down and i just thought you know what'd be really neat if I could get a wyvern pet. <laughs> so I uh, attempted to roll animal handling and rolled a natural 20. Two hours later, I had a wyvern pet. <laughs> I, I had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I've done this thing. Now what? Yeah. yeah. 
You're like, I've girl boxed a little to too work. close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. I have to spend 25 gold to maintain it? Jeez. How much, how Wyvern? Big? Like, how big was this thing? Ah. Uh, the pause is alarming. It wasn't, it could get me around. It was good. Yeah, yeah that's all you need. Yeah. Perfect. It's like it's like it's like That's, a winged mount. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we um, I played a game with some other people. I think it was, I think it was a homebrew campaign, or it was, I think it was a homebrew campaign. Yeah. Um, but we had a paladin who like became a mounted paladin, and he had some sort of wild magic thing with him, and accidentally summoned a Pegasus. <laughs> And then managed to tame it, and that became his mount. <laughs> so he was just constantly on a Pegasus flying around, and our DM's like, well, like, I couldn't stop that. That was all just dice. Like, I didn't get asked a single question. This just happened. Oh, God. Is it like he rolled randomly for the Pegasus? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Because I was going to ask. I was like, how do you fall ass backwards into a Pegasus? Yeah. <laughs> like how does it just accidentally become a mount oh god yeah, yeah. i think it's a I think cheeky any dice work in their magic they mm. really do and they really do sometimes work for your benefit or your detriment and unabashedly yep. and unashamed um i think i feel like anytime there's any winged anything brought up like a dm slowly cries inside because you're yeah. like now i have to factor in anything aerial as a matter of yeah. fact, and that's just a lot more yeah. mental math than I care to care to do. Like Mariah's character at some point is supposed to have a griffin, and I'm like <laughs> pointing a gun at her, and I'm yeah. like, "That's not going to happen until much <laughs> later, bitch," because I can't deal with that shit right now. Like that's at the end of your arc, and it's going to be a baby griffin. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't gonna mount that shit till you graduate. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just having a class with me? This is my emotional support griffin. <laughs> yeah. he helps me do math so it's yeah fine. yeah my griffin ate my homework is a valid excuse <laughs> so valid yeah i'm like nah he's 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 flying around somewhere in the city but he ain't fucking with you right now don't don't worry about it <laughs> like he's off on his own he's finding himself yeah taking a gap here <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah but it's those moments like uh like i remember uh, in our Ravenloft campaign, there's also like when Rule of Cool doesn't. It's not. E- it's not even Rule of Cool. I will say this is the opposite of Rule of Cool, where I was like, this was one of the rare moments where I was not in fact hustling, and I was like, this is the spell. This is what the rules say the spell does, and the DM was like not letting me have it. Mm. Um, we were at a point where we went to like a graveyard in Ravenloft, and. The old party members of, like, the BBG are buried there before they became evil. And so we went there to go, like, look for clues and stuff. And I specifically was, like, before we went, even started, and I was picking my spells as a bard, I was, like, I want to speak with dead. Because, duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we go to the fucking graveyard. We He lets us pick one party member to talk to or, like, to interact with. We pick, I don't I think we picked the wizard or something. I can't remember if it was the wizard or, like, the fighter. I think it was the wizard because the fighter was her lover. And we found out Mm. that the fighter was the lover during the talk. Um, But I go, we go there and like, I mention it and I'm like, I'm going to cast Speak With Dead. And I see a moment in his eyes where he's like, I did not factor this in. Um, (laughs) He tries to argue with me that because it's like, uh, like a a very much just a skeleton, uh, 
It doesn't have a throat or like a tongue or lips, so it can't actually talk. <laughs> mm. And I was like, There's then point. Then why the fuck do I have this? Thing? Yeah. Like, no, you can only. What's the point of yeah, this? You can only speak with lightly decomposed corpses. That's it. Yeah. Like yeah. no, the one that's softly touched death for a few minutes. Like <laughs> no. And I was just like, I was looking at him, and I was like, Are you fucking serious? Because I was like. Let let me talk to the skeleton, and he's like, "Here's what I'll do. It works." And he's animated now, um, but he can only really like shake or nod his head, so mm-hmm. only like yes or no answers. And I was like, "Mother," Aunt. and then he like we're trying to figure out how to talk with him, and he I think we had to like write shit out for him. And I was like, "Okay, well then, how's he reading if he ain't got no eyeballs?" Exactly. If we're gonna use your logic, <laughs> I. I think I checked out like halfway through that because I just got so frustrated because like the spell in and of itself already has constraints. You can only ask. I can't remember off the top of my head how many questions it is, but it's like five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's a thing of I for me, the rule of cool, like it goes toward letting the players do their fun fuck shit. I don't think it also goes the other way with a DM trying to cover their ass. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. Especially if it's just some, like, you were blatantly disregarding what a spell says. Yeah. And I think yeah. it falls in line with that, that of like, you may not have factored something in and a player having thought of something or used an ability or used an item that you didn't think of. And that may be like fucking with your narrative a little bit. I don't think that should be punished. <laughs> And that's just a hill no. I'm gonna personally die on. Also, like, uh, why'd you set, why'd you hmm. set the graveyard up? Would you think we were gonna host a seance, like in Ravenloft? Like, the <laughs> fuck? what did you think we were gonna do when we got there? You were literally casting magic spells, yeah. and you're gonna tell me, oh, this particular magic spell just doesn't work because of the laws of the real world? Yeah, no, it's fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want you to read. Th- I want you to look at the title of the spell and look me dead in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I can't talk to the skeleton. Justice for bone boys. Let them speak. Uh, which, like, <laughs> let them speak. They deserve a voice. Um, God. And I'm like, I remember, like, spoiler, I guess, for the D&D movie mildly. But, like, when they had the scene where they're talking to the skeleton. I, mm, you yeah. bet. And I was watching it with the party members <laughs> yeah. of that campaign. And I was, like, fucking <laughs> the glares in my chair. Look, look. I was like, look He's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> how does it feel to live my dream? <laughs> like crazy how that absence of a tongue is just messing his whole shit up right now. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Insane. Can't believe they get it wrong in the movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> God. I was like, I wasn't talking to that DM anymore, but I was like, the urge. To just send him a message <laughs> and be like, bitch. <laughs> just record that part that? of the movie and just just send it to him with no context. Yeah. Just, why? <laughs> why are you the way that you just are? Just up a full email and just... Yeah. <laughs> just like not out, even just Justice so for Bone Boys. Just Justice for Dragons me. movie. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to touch that with all the things. But justice for <laughs> Bone Boys, just for us. Justice for a lot of things. Truth be told. <laughs> Yeah, but man, like, but to be fair, like, as much as, like, one, you need to adhere to the rules, there's also, like, I mean, like, the the hustle is real, the hustle is strong, and Mm. it never hurts just to ask. Yeah, I say wacky shit all the time that I know will be a no, but it's fun. And on the off chance that it does put a good idea into the DM's head for something either later or 
in the moment and it's, it sparks that oh you know what that's ridiculous please try i've also done yeah, that where i fuck myself over because i've inadvertently mm-hmm. given the dm a worse idea than they had originally yeah. and i'm like cool <laughs> i've made a bit i must not lie in um, so it's always that fun game of like <laughs> let me temper my chaos a little bit save it for special occasions <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a risk it's high risk high reward you know yeah <laughs> i feel like playing in any homebrew setting is kind of just like a lawless wasteland and you're like listen yeah. we could get god any moment <laughs> and i do need, we don't I know what do this need, is yeah we don't know what this is we don't know what what forces are at play danny devito could walk out of a portal at any moment <laughs> <laughs> he could he could that's a real threat <laughs> Uh man, and like great. I remember also have any have either of y'all listened to like Dungeon Daddies by by chance? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've only listened to like one episode though. I oh, need really? to watch listen to more. I, I finished the first season, but I haven't gotten onto the new one yet. They're super good. Uh but that is what especially that I like when I think of Rule Cool, I definitely think of that because they're mm. all over the fucking place. Yeah. Um <laughs> Dungeon yeah. Daddy, that's and, a fantasy improv podcast and i love that like it is it is a D podcast by the skin of its teeth truly yeah. <laughs> like that was their jumping off platform out of the frying pan and directly into the fire of whatever's going on over there and it's great oh, who knows what it is but they're making it work mm-hmm. yeah i watched the first they season really, i've sought really out on the second one though it's so good. I I personally love it. But that is one of the like I remember like I've re- I've referred it to other people in, in the past, um and like other friends of mine that play D anD D that are I I would I would constitute them as like maybe a little bit more rules lawyery uh, than I am and like they've tried to listen to it. They're like I can't. It frustrates the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're eye twitching the whole time as they're just like throwing rules to the wind. Um, but that's not what the rules say. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, listen, I just know now that you might not be super fun at parties. Um, and that's just the thing we're gonna and that's just the thing we're gonna we're gonna move forward with in our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's been noted and we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh God, and like I'm just trying to think of more specifics because we've had so many. Like We're actually in a Ravenloft campaign ourselves. <gasps> Yeah, and it, it does have a very semi-homebrew feel to it because our DM yeah. just loves to try, yes. funky, cool shit. Like talked, yeah, I talked to him about this. He always brings like a part of himself, even into already pre-scripted campaigns. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I just I like to create things, so I put them into the world for you to find. Oh, <laughs> I, love I love that. Yeah, he um. Like, he made essentially vestiges of divergence, which Ooh. are just, like, yeah, the, like, really good magical items that level up with you. And he's like, I made one for each of you. You just need to find it. <laughs> and like, oh, oh, fuck. oh, my God. I've forgotten about Strahd. Let's go find these. I'd be frothing at the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> my, like, Vox Machina obsessed heart cannot. I'd be like, cool. So my character literally cannot walk five feet without a perception check. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we have ridiculous perception as well. So we're like, is there anything like really cool in this room? Or suddenly everyone has. There a doesn't happen event. to be anything like branded for me specifically in a corner, <laughs> yeah. right? 
Yeah, surely. No. It doesn't have my name right there. I can see it. Right <laughs> Literally, there. my computer yeah. background is Vax with the Raven Queen. Like in the thread, the room in season two with like all the threads of fate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Our, um, Olive and I's characters both worship the Raven Queen. Yes. And now there's only three people playing. So it's me, Olive, and our friend Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his character now just hates all birds. <laughs> Because he's like, why is there ravens everywhere? <laughs> the bird, birds are drones. <laughs> Listen, I, yeah. birds are drones. I can sympathize because I hate group large gatherings of birds in real life. I have an irrational fear of them. Yeah. And I will, Me and too. I will not fight birds in real life. I will stay in my car and drive away. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for them to leave or exit. You have some <laughs> yeah. Snapchats of just like birds migrating somewhere and you're like, I'm, I'm dying inside. I'm like, how dare they? It's a completely rational fear. Birds are terrifying. Yeah, (laughs) like uh, I'm gonna, (laughs) we're gonna go on a whole little thing. I had a, I had a reoccurring nightmare that centered around birds, um, where it would just be like a normal dream, and uh, the birds would, uh, like, in my periphery, literally almost unnoticeable, at least the first few times, uh, where they would like eat a bug. And it's literally so minimal that you, like, don't even pay attention to it. Uh, then it's, like, uh, a bird, like, scoops a mouse. And then it's, like, a street cat. And then it's, like, it starts building up until eventually, like, swarms of birds kill people. Do the uh, birds get myself. bigger? Or do the birds stay no. the same? That's There's just bad. more of them. See, that's bad. Are they, are they, so they're, like, tag teaming a, a horse or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. To and look eventually at. it gets to like people and they're just like swarms of birds like attacking everybody. Uh and the first time yeah. I had the dream, I died. Like spoiler. Oh. Uh then it became like a groundhog's day event where I would see oh, a bird eat no. a bug and my brain because I, I lucid dream, fun fact, and I also remember yeah. all of my dreams. Um and so I'm like mm. as soon as I see a bird eat a bug, I'm like the countdown has started. And I need to somehow like convince everyone count. I love that birds are evil without sounding like a mad woman. Um yeah. <laughs> get them to say get the fuck out of here. And I had this yeah. dream so many times. Uh, which now in hindsight would probably be like a cool D&D encounter. Um, yeah. But, but I've had it so many times that like that fear translated to real life. So I can't see large gatherings of birds yeah. without feeling unsafe. <laughs> mine's, mine's sort of similar, but I watched Alfred Hitchcock's like Birds, the movie, at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And it gave me nightmares. Like I was trapped in the phone booth, like in the mm. movie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't I can't be around birds anymore. This is too much. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> Their eyes do look a bit soulless. I will tell like that's that's fair. You're like, yeah. what's what's going on behind mm-hmm. there? What what are you plotting? <laughs> sir? But I have no problems <laughs> with birds individually. Like like yeah. if someone has a pet bird. It's I'm, when they I'm, group up. It's, it's no, when they gay up not. and yeah. literally I think my discomfort starts at about like five or six That's birds. what I was about not to say. Not for any particular reason other than the <laughs> fact that I think that's the amount of birds that starts to become too much for me to take in a fight. Yeah. I have that with people. <laughs> fucking fucking mood, honestly. But like we've been on hikes and stuff before and there's there's been about five birds and then there'll be like eight to ten because for some reason they tend to follow me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, as always, like, we gotta leave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't stop it. Because I'm one of those, like, weirdos that would like to befriend crows and, like, have them bring you shinies. 
So oh, I'm like yeah, waving at them yeah. and being like, hi, friends. I was like, I, I will kill I like, I will kill you. you. <laughs> <laughs> if you start, if you get like a bird gang hanging out outside of your home. <laughs> That's fair. You're just going to have to come to mine. I'm so sorry. I live in an apartment. I can't, <laughs> I can't be out here like that. I'm just swarming the fourth floor of my apartment built that too much. Good. <sighs> but yeah, so as far as uh, like where, where do y'all kind of fall on that like specifically like rule of cool rules lawyer like how do you tend to balance are either of you like dms by chance i'm not yet mm-hmm. uh, i know all been of you a said a like, while DM. since i have got you where uh, where do you fall in that either like in your past experience as a dm or just generally as players both in like when you're asking and how that kind of starts to play back at you i think it was for me, it was a learning experience mm-hmm. on both sides because my first campaign that I ran was Homebrew One because I was a poor university student who just couldn't afford to like buy modules and and stuff. And like everything online was limit like limited to a point. So I'm just trying flashback to those times. <laughs> flashback <laughs> to college. Memories. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> so much um but no i think it's just having an understanding that if you're going to allow something to happen and you're not sure of how the rules are going to affect or implicate your story and and your other players as well if someone brings something to you at the table and they decide that they want to try this thing it's a hard line to draw where it's going to be fun and where it's going to be a pain on you <laughs> as a DM. Because it's got to be something that's not necessarily easy to just kind of go along with. Like sustainable? Because that's, a, that's yeah. a thing for me where it's like, if it's a one-off shenanigan, great. But if it's a shenanigan that's going to set a precedent and th- and now like... I'm trying to think of an example and I can't, but I I know there was one in our Ravenloft campaign and I just can't think of it. But if it's something where it's like, okay, you allow a breach or a bend of a rule because it's cool in the moment, but then it's like, oh, and now every time this comes up, I did it once, so now I have to do it again. Like that can be mm. tricky sometimes because you can you can mess up your whole your whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to have a guy that we played with back then who just took any and every opportunity to try and break rules <laughs> and it, it just made it a very tough time because you're just having to say no more often than you're saying yes yeah but yeah i think the rule of cool applies to those who are cool with being denied for sure yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah because there's a good side and a bad side and it's about finding like a good medium where it's not overpowered for you or your players. Cause I've definitely played with, I've had DMS who are very strict and it's very restricting on players. And mm. like, it feels like neither the player or the DM can grow and learn because they won't allow that room for exploration. Mm-hmm. And then we've had players that are like, yeah, I, I've made this really cool sword that does like, 400 damage and it's like what we're level one what yeah. are you doing yeah 
Uh, yeah. It's funny because we actually just recorded an episode that was talking about like toxic players and toxic DMs and how to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, definitely both rule of cool and becoming a rules lawyer are on either ends of that spectrum. Like if you're, yeah. if you are trying to hustle too hard to break the game, um, it stops being fun. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I relate it to like when I would play Sims a lot. And the second I discovered <laughs> what cheats existed yeah um that took mm-hmm. a lot of the fun away from me mm-hmm. um because suddenly like mm-hmm. there's no earning any of the things that i'm i'm now reaping um and then rules lawyery where like you mentioned it kind of stifles that creativity and that room for growth and exploring um you know the like things that like maybe you wouldn't have thought of to apply uh that item or that spell or or what have you and have that be a cool moment for the players um, and feel like they earned mm. that from like sheer creative thought. Yeah. I know from a player perspective, when I am rewarded for creative ideas, I think it was like one of the last games we played in our Strahd campaign. My character mm. is like a circle of dreams druid and Ooh. myself mm. and the DM created a spell for her, like made a new spell. So he made sure it wasn't overpowered and I just said what I wanted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. he's like i'll figure it out i was like okay thanks he did and the then, back end the mechanics um, so, yeah yeah i was like this is the flair i want you figure it out <laughs> um but he it was like i can watch people's dreams and then potentially do things extra to it but never like talk to someone while they're asleep like in the spell dream um and then we'll having like we realize we're gonna have to go fight a vampire soon so i was like can i try to speak to someone in their dream even though it says that i can't and they're like okay roll a, like a wisdom check and i rolled a nat 20 of course mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like you does. know what yeah the dice are just like you know what you need this they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's just like okay yeah you know what you talk to them and all of you get inspiration from having a nice sleep <laughs> i like that was, it, incredible see yeah, i love that I and it yeah. was a really cool moment too, because narratively it just it fit really well with how our journey had kind of gone and and the point that we were up to. Yeah, and just that little moment of role play too just accentuated that moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, and always, it's nice to feel rewarded for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely those moments where it's like, man, the dice, the dice want this to happen. Both, yeah. both in yeah. good and bad situations. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like I can think of, I can think of. Um, I, I think I spoke about this in a previous episode, but when I, my, my DM specifically, kind of did something similar to what you mentioned about having, um, like items that grow with us as players. Um, mm-hmm. And for my character, it's like her immovable dagger, and that mm-hmm. is like an entirely like homebrewed item and it, it works similar to like an immovable rod situation and like we balance you, there's an art to balancing something where it's like yeah you can give someone that's like a little bit or pretty broken but you can add conditions to it you can say like this is usable like once per long rest you can add charges yeah. to it to limit the amount of uses um you can you can really balance that out and be like i'm going to give you this but there is conditions to it um and there's you know mm. a general like risk and reward for that um but that item specifically he gave me and it's like entirely homebrew and it's super cool and then i 
spoke about how like that led to because of the specific combination of that item and my own abilities as a character and then an additional item that I got that he did not factor in. The first (laughs) moment I had in combat where that clicked for me was like the most broken turn of combat I could have had as a as a player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he like having him having that moment where he's like, oh shit. Like but yeah. yeah and like it, it is a big hit moment if the if the dice dictate it. Uh but also like, you know, the condition is I can only do that that specific combo wombo can only be done once a day. So I really yeah. gotta bide my time and pick my target on when it's going to happen. So it's like, you're allowing room for that character to have a dope ass moment and like Mm. some, some claim to being a badass. Um, But you're also making it so like that doesn't happen every fucking turn of combat. And then your combat just gets destroyed every single time because this player has been allotted this ability. Yeah. There's like, I'm going to one V one this red dragon real quick. All right, chill. Be right back. Just yeah. no big deal. <laughs> flips, flips my hair, walks away. <laughs> yeah. I also love when players like outside of the game plot against the DM specifically. Um, yes. Or like they're just like, okay, I'm aware this character can do this. I'm going to help out next time. Because mm-hmm. there was one, we had a bard who liked to fly up really high, polymorph, and then land on people. I love that. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then my cleric got greater invisibility. So I was like, just before this fight starts, the first thing I'm going to do is give invisibility to our bard. He's like, perfect. I go and I just, I cast fly. Amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Lost him for like two rounds. And then just an entire house just crushed in on itself is what we could see. <laughs> and oh. we're like, oh, so that's what you did. <laughs> Turned into a mammoth, like hundreds of feet up in the air that has the energy of in vox machina when scanlan turns into like a t-rex and is just like half in half out of a house it's like that's some looney tune shit i love it yeah yeah god but it's so fucking good and like i like Mm -hmm. i could not bring myself to to take that shit away from my players like i think i genuinely get as much enjoyment like if y'all were plotting against me and then like suddenly I'm sitting in this fucking situation because y'all yeah. looney tunes your way into it, I'd be like, <laughs> this is wild, but I'm I'm just gonna roll with it. And like we're already yeah. in this space. Yeah. But like it makes for fun mm. memories and it makes for a fun time. And then, you know, it's good to have those really light and positive moments so that I can like destroy you later. <laughs> it's um, the contrast. Grave <laughs> amounts of trauma. The peaks and valleys. Well, it's like yeah. you also have you have those moments where the players will do just crazy shit. And then there's also moments where you get so paranoid that you will sit casting various spells and trying to do various checks on a door for like half an hour before you just open Mm -hmm. it when the door had nothing Mm -hmm. on it and so it the tables turn (laughs) it comes for us all it comes for us all (laughs) i've watched olive's character go from this door's probably fine to okay we need to check every step we take (laughs) Yeah, you've truly. exploded us. You have released a shadow demon that is now loose somewhere, and we don't know where. Right. <laughs> and you're always like, "Don't oh run off on yourself, like on your own." And then we turn around, and you're like, "I um, I press the big red button." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And you're like, oh, perfect. <laughs> you're like, cute. I'm He's doomed not the to most solve. Subtle rogue. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, God. He just sees the shinies and he can, and he likes to take them. He doesn't think about the consequences. Yeah. We all have our vices. I do. <laughs> yeah. You know better. <laughs> I don't. He's, just, he's a crow. <laughs> to circle it back to birds. It's a literal yeah. crow. <laughs> God, no. No birds. No birds. <laughs> no more birds. Oh, man. I had a, I had a no thought, actually, birds. about a, an item that a player of mine made once. They they had cleared out this spider nest, and they decided mm. to sleep in it for the night. As you do, yeah. Jesus, couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never known her. And one of my players decided that it was too cold, so he wanted to wrap up a bunch of the spider web and make it into like a makeshift bed. And I was like, uh, sure, you know what? Roll a crafting check for it because we were playing Pathfinder. Mm. Mm. And so he rolled below a 10. It was like an 8 or a 9 or something. And I was like, you know what? It does look like a somewhat reasonable, comfortable bed. Like, it's the web is nice and soft, and you could just slide right in, and it'll be nice and warm. (laughs) And he was like, oh, cool, great. Just slides right on in, goes to sleep. Uh, Rolled on a table for, like, a midnight encounter. And it was like a, a recent enemy comes back to haunt you. Oh, no. So more of these no. spiders just come down and everyone else hops up and jumps into action. And he just spends three turns <laughs> trying to get out of this bed oh, that he's no. made for himself. Yeah, you're literally a prepackaged snack, my no, guy. God, yeah. I'm. Oh. it's Frodo in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but out of that encounter, he used the web to apply to his armor, so he oh. had like this webbed suit armor and <gasps> Spider-Man. It had like the ability to like, if he needed to, he could just stick himself to a wall. Oh, fun. <gasps> That's Bitter so man. cool. And it was just a really neat thing. He was he like, all right, I've learned from my that. mistakes, not around my arms. Yeah, yeah. No. We're never going to sleep in a spider nest again, ever. <laughs> no. Jesus. I but feel I like you should have known that before. adhere it to my clothing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it could, he is, could never get it This is stupid, make it fashion. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, you know, it just would never come off. So he's like, I have to make it a thing now so people will stop <laughs> yeah. asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I need to pretend it. like this was on purpose. Yeah. 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 You're like, I know that I wasn't in that combat for most of it, uh, but I was busy <laughs> doing something, and this is Yeah, it. I did something really cool. You guys are going to love it. It was on purpose, yeah. I swear. It's like, I'm a fashion designer. <laughs> Don't step on my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I have multi clothes. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, lower your tone. I have Gucci on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's Bob so Taylor bad. coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Uh God. Well, uh, it looks like it's time for the end of our episode, but thank you guys so much for coming thank on you. and yes, sharing thank you. Us your so experiences. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is fun. Great. It's so great to meet you guys. Um absolutely. And I can't I literally can't wait to listen to more uh Portal Quandry because I'm a little bit hooked. <laughs> yeah. And I desperately oh, want to yeah. see Timmet and Magnolia specifically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We there's some interactions. <laughs> oh, there's there's some, there's a few moments. Gets it's yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Literally my alarm going off. Nobody nobody pay attention to me. <laughs> that started I was Ignore like, that. have we added some funky new background music? Like what was yeah, that? At <laughs> yeah. 100%. At first music. I didn't know so if it was one of my like there's so many wires surrounding me right now. I'm like, did I do something? <laughs> but 
This is my. Oh no, what did I touch? How do I put it back? Yeah. This is my spider bed that I have made. I'll be <laughs> in it and pretend I did it on purpose. Holly um, does have a jar of dead spiders that call. Great crawl through her window to die in the AC, which is the one time I've related to a spider in my life. I do, <laughs> yeah. I do have a spider room. There's like a bush just outside of my window. Um, and like, I guess Ooh. they just like vibe in there. And then like, because it's so hot, they'll just like come inside and then I'll find like little dead spiders on my window. So I'm like, yeah. little buddy, no. what happened? There's just no. like two of them. I mean, he did cook a few yeah, we're Australian, so we're kind of used to just Y'all spiders everywhere. Y'all have yeah. those just ones yeah. that are the size of like a Ooh, cat, yeah. and that's that's too much spider <laughs> yeah. for me. Anything that's larger than a fingernail for me is a big nope. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I no, no, no. I hate birds. Love spiders. I. I'll take a bird over a spider yeah, any day. Same. Like I respect spiders' contribution <laughs> to the ecosystem. The wet web yes. design, yes. beautiful. Um, I don't mm. want to touch them or their web. I don't want them to touch <laughs> me. I will happily live in blissful ignorance. Like there has been a spider that like descended from my ceiling and I happen to have really tall ceilings in that apartment and it descended like right over my couch. And I was like, nope, <laughs> matrixed out from under the spider. Um, the most athletic thing I did that like in six months at that point, Le- left my, got my, got my stuff, left my apartment for like three hours, came back. There was no longer a spider dangling over my couch. I'm like, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. That's not my business. Yeah, it's how, did back you, up. how did you sleep in that house that night? What are you talking <laughs> Listen, about? It's not my It's not my business. If he, if the spider's above like six, <laughs> six and a half feet, that's your area. Below that is my area. If you want to be up there, great. Don't be on my ki- like kitchen counter by the coffee maker in the morning. That's mm-hmm. all I ask. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Like, I'm you also the friend that like doesn't mind spiders, um, and I'm yeah. typically the one designated to kill them because we have two arachnophobes, including Mariah, in our group. Yeah, um, but I will I'm typically the, try I'm to the capture to them if I can. Yeah, no, I'd rather yeah. them be released. Like, yeah, I don't like wish any harm mm. on them. I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want them to touch me, please. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad sensation. No touchy. Yeah. Not touchy. Not touchy. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Um, definitely, definitely for our listeners, go check out Portal Quandary. It's, it's so amazing. Um, there were so Thanks. many, so many great jokes uh, that I laughed at. And <laughs> yes. thank you all so much for joining. Thank you so thank much. Thank you very much for having us, guys. Of course. All right. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Bye. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.